We're going to look at a weird part of the Lord's Prayer. So uh, if you would please just stand, I'm going to read this. Um, and then we'll, we'll turn our minds to this kind of doxology that's there, but not really there. Um, so let's listen as God speaks to us through His Word. Therefore you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then this is the part we're going to look at today. Um, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Uh, You may be seated. This is this kind of uh, weird thing, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I really struggled this week preparing uh, for this sermon on multiple levels. Uh, one, because uh, there's not very... My, my typical practice is like to translate the Greek um, into English, and then to do some studying, build my outlines, do all that sort of stuff, you know, think about it, pray it meditate on it, and then start reading. Um, I never just want to give you guys other people's thoughts. Like, you're, 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 like, I'm here because this is my job to do. Like, I'm not just here to read a commentary to you. But usually I go to commentaries, then and I read, and I read, and I read, and then I write. Um, and I fill everything out. Um, a weird thing is, is that as I came to this, I really wrestled with it. Because, number one, um, this is kind of a dicey text. Um, Number two, there's not very much written on it. Because it's a dicey text. If you'll open your Bibles, if you have a Bible with you, whether it's even on your cell phone, you'll notice this isn't there. Um, Like, this isn't a misprint in the bulletin. Um, this wasn't my computer going wrong as I was putting it together. Um, this text actually doesn't have that concluding line that we all know so well. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So what's the deal with that? This is only the second time in what is now 15 years of preaching, I think 12 years of preaching, that I've ever preached a text like this. Most of the time I just skip right by it. Um, Because I'm a firm believer that what you need is God's word to you, right? Um, This whole service is about God speaking to you and you speaking back to God. And yet we came on this, and I was reading, and I was like, what am I going to do with this? I mean, we have this beautiful passage of the Sermon on the Mount that comes right after this that's all about the forgiveness of sins, um, which is great. But then we've got this phenomenal text, this doxology, that's given to us to, to refocus ourselves, in a sense, So the question is, why do we pray this? Why is it that when you go, I mean, even if you look in your bulletin today, I I didn't even check this, but as we pray the Lord's Prayer all the way at the end of our service here, right before communion, there it is, right? (laughs) Uh, 
For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Um, What do we do with that? How do we deal with that? I'm going to nerd out just for a second on you because I think it's important. Um, So just hang with me as I kind of put on my nerd hat and explain to you why I think this is actually really important for us to look at today. Um, I don't know how much research you guys have done into thinking about how the Bible was actually put together. Um, I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Like how we got to the words that are on the page today. Um, Essentially, the way this works, um, the way this worked was... um, uh, somebody would stand like I am right now and you all would have pens and paper it wasn't really pens and paper in that time um, but you all would have pens and paper and I'd just start talking and you guys would start writing and writing and writing and writing and writing trying to catch everything verbatim um, and there's no breaks there's no pauses uh, for those of you, I, I've, I've worn a kilt in my life. Um, actually, I was married in a kilt. Have you worn a kilt? If you've ever worn some, like, a robe, a dress, the way that they would do this is that they would actually sit, uh, like, you know, crisscross, and they would take their robe and they'd stretch it out, and that would be their table that they would be writing on as fast as they could write. Going and going and going and going, all the way through a day. And just, just like you know, anything. Even if I wrote something down and I gave it to each of you, we would be able to look at all of ours, and we'd be able to tell different variations in things. If you did it long enough, um, if I spoke long enough, there'd be variations. Maybe you'd replace an and with a the, or an and with an an. Because you just didn't hear the D at the end because I didn't pronounce it properly. Okay, you guys tracking with me? Understanding how this works? Now, sometimes... Sometimes... What people would do is they would be reflecting on Scripture, on the totality of Scripture. And then they would just add something. Just creatively add it. Um, may not have been actually what was said, but they just creatively added to the picture. And what ends up happening is just like you have some, like a river like the Nile, and the Nile branches out into a bunch of different rivers, we have text streams. We have like manuscript streams where you have what we all affirm to be the true source screen, uh, stream. But then we have all these little variations that move off of it. Now the beauty is, for the Bible, we have more manuscript evidence for the Bible than we do for any other ancient book in the world. Um, like, I think that even, um, even for someone as important as like Plato, we may only have like a hundred manuscripts of Plato's work. Whereas with the Bible, we have like thousands of manuscripts. Um, And you would think, well, maybe that would create thousands of variations, which would be thousands of problems. But what's interesting is when you have that much evidence, you can actually start to hone in on the commonalities. 
on the commonalities that stretch across all sorts of different manuscripts. This particular section is a section that's not in our most important manuscripts. Um, so, what happened? <laughs> Why is it here? If you have your Bibles out, turn them to First Corinthians, or I'm sorry, First Chronicles 29. And what we're going to do is we're going to look just really at David's prayer here. Um, and I'm going to read it for you. And you just tell me if any of this sounds uh, familiar to you. Um, here we go. This is David's prayer. David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. And he said, may you be blessed, Lord God, of our father Israel. From eternity to eternity, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty for everything in he in the heavens and on earth belongs to you yours lord is the kingdom and you are exalted as head over all riches and honor come from you and you are the ruler of everything power and might are in your hand and it's and it is in your right hand to make great and to give strength to all now therefore we, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Does that sound familiar to you? Are you picking up on themes there? Um, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like when you hit one of those most quotable quotes in a movie, right? Uh, like you're watching Braveheart and you hit freedom and everybody in the room yells freedom, right? And it's like we all know what that means. That's the struggle. It's the fight against oppression. And then if you're if you're like Scottish or have Irish heritage in you, it like makes your blood boil a little bit, right? Um It's kind of like in Star Wars, may the force be with you, right? <laughs> Everybody knows. They bring in all of their Star Wars knowledge. Here what what some I think brilliantly creative uh transcriber of the text did was as he was praying through the Lord's Prayer, transcribing it, it just pinged in his brain. Like, oh my gosh, this is... This is so much like David's prayer. How can I not break out in praise? How can I not do that? Another really interesting one of these is, uh, is in... Um, John 8, right? Where we know like almost all of John 8 doesn't belong there. Um, at least the ending of it doesn't belong there. Um, and yet it... Like, at some point along the line, someone thought to themselves, like, this belongs there. And then it started making itself into manuscripts. So does this make our Bibles less reliable? Well, of course not. Um, there's a reason why it's not printed in the main body of the text. It's because everybody looks at it and is like, eh, it probably wasn't original. But is it helpful? Yeah, absolutely it is. Why? Because the Lord's Prayer, this pattern prayer, has a pattern to it. 
If you remember, the first part of the Lord's Prayer was our Father, right? It was us focusing our hearts on God as our Father and His kingdom, His name, His will. And now, then, in the center section of the prayer, we talked about how those are like earthly prayers. Give me bread, God. Forgive my sins. Don't don't let me be led into temptation. Um, Keep me from it. Well, now what this author did, I think, so beautifully was he picked up on this Old Testament tradition, which, by the way, is like... I mean, your New Testament is in large part kind of a commentary on the Old Testament, right? It's revealing what the Old Testament was talking about all the time. Um, He picks up on that tradition to help us focus our hearts back on God at the end of our prayers. I I don't think it's any coincidence that we start by saying, Our Father... And we go into this final line saying, Yours. Um, Focusing our hearts back on God and His work. And what are we doing here? In many sense, all we're doing is just affirming what's actually real about God. I mean, we aren't telling God anything new. What we're doing is we're affirming in our own hearts the reality that it's God's kingdom. It's God's glory. It's God's power. We're refocusing ourselves in on that. It's His kingdom. This whole earth. We heard it in David's prayer. All of heaven and earth is God's kingdom. There's nothing outside of His rule and His reign. I think that's a super important word for us today. Um, as we think about what's going on globally, as we think about what's going on politically, as we think about just what's going on here at this church, there is nothing outside of God's sovereign rule and reign. And the beauty of that truth is that God's heart is gentle and it's lowly. It's bent with love towards his people. So that when we pray, yours is the kingdom, what we're doing is we're affirming that we live under the gentle, patient, loving rule of our king. Yours is the power. Um, I don't know about you, but as a parent... um, there's so many times where I've tried to like exert power. Um, I have a kid, or a, a, a kid, I have two kids. It's not what I wanted to go with. I have a puppy now, hence the reason why I said kid. Um, I have a puppy now, a little beautiful dog. We rescued it. Um, he's gorgeous. He's a, a cocker spaniel and uh, and German short haired pointer mix. <laughs> Just a gorgeous dog, sleek body, big floofy ears, round head, beautiful dog. There's a war for power going on right now between me and my dog. With God, there is no war for power. His is the power. 
he doesn't have to ask somebody else before he acts. There is no war between he and Satan for the power. God has already won. Yours is the glory. Um, I think so often uh, it's easy for us to get big heads when we're good at things. Um, instead of just receiving those benefits as graces, as good gifts from God's hand. Um, sometimes uh, this happens. Um, as a pastor, you get this a lot. Um, thank you, pastor. That was the best sermon I've ever heard, pastor. Thank you. You really blessed my heart, pastor. And those are all really good things for people to say. And they may be very, very true. Um, and yet as a pastor, it's easy to think, well, yeah, God gets like 99.9% .9 of the glory, but there's like 0.1% held there for me, right? Um, we all do that. We do that in our work lives. Um, we do that in our home lives. Our kids actually obey for once in front of everyone, and you're like, yeah, that was my parenting. You know, everyone's like, how oh, is your kid so nice? Little do they know, like the day before, like your kid was the one gnawing on the couch, not your not your dog. Um, and it's like, it's like, yeah, it was me. So we pray, yours is the glory. We're turning our hearts back to God and seeing that the glory is not really for us. The glory is for God. It's already His. And as He dispenses His graces to us, His mercies to us, we're recipients of that. And we actually, um, we actually in some part play a role in bringing glory back to Him. Amen. This is one of these uh, words that's like, this unifying word, as we all say it together, right? Amen. We say that a lot. It means that we're agreeing with this. It means that we've, we're giving our assent to what we've just prayed. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. I'm giving my assent to that. I'm committing my heart to that. You see the beauty about this little thing, this little like addition to the Lord's Prayer. The beauty about it, at least for me, as I've been meditating on it, God's just keep put God has just kept putting this like phrase in my head. Like the pressure's off. Um I don't have to worry about God's kingdom. I don't have to worry about his power. I don't have to worry about things going the way that I think they should go because God's already got it. <laughs> the pressure's off. That's a beautiful word. It's a beautiful word as you sit and you struggle. As a parent, the pressure is off. <laughs> Your kid doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. God. God's got it. It's his kingdom. It's his power. It's his glory. Forever. Never to change. Um, as a worker, 
the pressure is off. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to build your own kingdom at work or worry about someone else assaulting your kingdom at work. Because the pressure's off. God's got it. It's His kingdom. It's His power. It's His glory. Forever. As a Christian, the pressure's off. As you pray and you assent to this, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. What you're saying is, God, it's not up to me for all of this to work out right in my Christian life. Um, yeah, I participate, sure. Like, I, I discipline myself. But I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about doing things perfectly. Because God's got it. You see, that's the beauty of the gospel in this prayer. That's the beauty of the gospel in this doxology. What we're doing is we're saying, Jesus, because you have done everything already. All of this is yours. And I'm just, I'm just here riding in the wake of your work. Being a faithful worker. Being a faithful friend. Being a faithful parent sometimes not being faithful at any of those things and yet I know God because of the work of Jesus all of the glory goes to you you see friends that's why we have this here um, that's why we're spending this 15 minutes meditating on this is because it refocuses our heart on the reality that while we try <laughs> While we work and we do what we should be doing, all of the work is already done. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you. Um, even now as we turn to the table, Lord, um, God, this is just another affirmation that yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. As we do this week after week, as we come week after week, um, we know, Lord, that yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever as we muddle through our weeks. Lord, and we try to set up our own kingdoms and shore up the walls of our kingdoms as we try to exert power and influence on those around us, as we worry about whether or not we're getting enough glory because of the work we're doing, Lord, as we pray this. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Lord, we're turning our hearts back to you, affirming what's already true about you and about us. So God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you so much that when we don't pray these prayers perfectly, when we don't live them perfectly, Lord Jesus, you're there and you've done it on our behalf. So God, um, yeah, uh, just turn our hearts towards you in deep love. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen.